As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I am really looking forward to sharing this topic of joy. It has been on my mind so much the last few months. It is a really important topic that I have studied and learned from in my personal experiences as well. So we're going to get a little bit more personal today, which it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. And I'm looking forward to doing that with you. Before we get into that, I wanted to thank you for joining my Facebook page at About Progress and for finding me on Instagram at About Progress as well. I have been working on a new challenge that is starting today that this airs. It is a creativity challenge. And the reason I'm doing that is because I've been in a bit of a funk. I've been feeling so much self-doubt and guilt and anxiety and worry and frustration. And for me, it all stems to not being able to be very quote unquote productive in the way that we think of as being productive. Because I've got a two month old, I have been lucky, honestly, if I've been able to walk, go outside for a walk for 20 minutes and unload the dishwasher and get my kids on time to their various places. And I'm not ashamed of that. That is my time of life right now. It is what I looked forward to and I am loving this baby stage. I love my baby so much. But on the other hand of that, my personality is that I have a lot of ideas and dreams and things I like to do and want to do. And when that is frustrated for even good reasons that we have in in our lives that come up like a new baby, um, in some ways that can lead to self-doubt for me because I am filling a void. So what I am doing is I'm doing 30 days of creativity. Now you can join me in this in whatever extent you want. It can be very small and just a few times the next 30 days, or it can be every day like I'm going to attempt to do. I'm not going to count on me being perfect. That's the whole point of what I'm doing here, but it is to encourage me to fill that void in some really small ways. This isn't to add more to my load. It's to fill the void of not being able to pursue the bigger dreams I have in the way that I want to right now. So for me, creativity is something that fills 
my heart, fills my soul. And I never thought I was a creative person. And I have a whole podcast coming on that, but we're going to get into that more later. But if there's anything I learned in the now 80 episodes of the podcast, it is that creativity leads to more creativity and it fulfills us in ways that we can't describe. And so what this will look like for me will be small, small, small things like practicing the piano for five minutes totally counts. Doing a new workout totally counts baking something with my kids, coloring, or it can be more ornate, ornate things like organizing my whole closet that I need to work on. That's a creative act for sure. Or painting the canvases that my husband got for my birthday two years ago that have been sitting under my bed and just calling my name. And I'm not a painter. (laughs) These are things I'm not good at. This is just the exercise of being creative. So if you can join me, that would be great. And if you post about that, on your social media pages, use the hashtag about progress creates. And I would love to see what you do and share on my page as well. On my stories is where I'm going to share my little creative act that I'm doing that day. Um, okay. So I hope that you join me there as well as on my Facebook page. I promised you that I'm going to be doing a better job and I've been trying, but I haven't been doing excellent, but I want this so deeply and I'm going to invest my heart in just posting a few times a week there and, and sharing things I read that are really sparking my, my happiness and my, and my curiosity and making me want to do better and leading me to good results and that you can do it there too and share what you're working on and get that support that you need and the pats on the back. That's it for all of those things. Let's get into our topic, joy. If you didn't listen to our last month's episode on happiness, make sure you do that first. I'll include that in my show notes as well as in my archives on my website about progress.com. So we talked about happiness last month, how it's something that we can do and choose every single day. Joy is the next level. Joy runs deeper than just happiness. It is not related to our circumstances at at all. It is driven by perspective. It is driven by being present. It is driven by being grateful. It is a way of being. It is a spiritual practice. And we're going to get more into that. So why this topic has been on my mind, we had a hard few months, some really, really hard few months here. And then I was asked in the middle of that to give um, a presentation of sorts, a talk to the people of my, um, of my region's <laughs> religion. I, for, for those of you who are members of the LDS faith, it was the adult session of state conference. For those of you who are not, it was just a lot of adults who practice my same faith in a region nearby. So Um, lots of adults came together and I was one of the speakers for that night. And I was asked to give this, this, uh, presentation and this talk the night that my baby had his surgery and was in the PICU. And I just ran home to grab some clothes before I went back to the hospital. And I picked up the phone because I thought it was the hospital calling me with that area code. And no, it was, um, my regional leader. And inviting me to speak. And I could not say no, even when I laughed at the topic and it was men are that they might have joy. (laughs) And I laughed inside, but I had to say, yes, yes, I can give this talk because I am feeling that. 
I am feeling the joy. So let me share a little bit of this this presentation that I gave and how it ties into what I want to teach you. And the presentation I gave was only like eight or nine minutes. It was a, it was on the shorter end, and I want to expand on that with you, with other things that I have learned and studied the past few months. So this isn't going to be a holy spiritual thing, but it will be that too. It's it's impossible to have joy without having making it a spiritual part of your practice, regardless of if you are religious or not. And we will talk about that too. So let's elaborate on what joy is. Let me start with a quote from Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, um, which you know her. I'm sure you know her. Can I tell you something that's kind of embarrassing? I have only listened to her Gifts of Imperfection book five years ago when I had my second child. And so I don't remember any of that book, like went in my head and right out because I had a newborn. And so I have been slowly working through this other book of hers, Daring Greatly. And it's been like a year that I've been reading this. So that's embarrassing. I was an English teacher, an English major. I love reading. It has been so hard for me to finish a book these days but I've been really into it uh, the last month. Here is what she says joy is, quote, a spiritual way of engaging with the world that's connected to practicing gratitude. Joy to me is happiness on a higher level. It's the next level up from happiness because it is more permanent. It is more hardwired in our brains. It is not driven by circumstance. It is not driven by wealth. It is not driven by the exterior of our lives. It is all internal and it is at such a deeper level. It is in fact spiritual as Brene Brown says it. So let me tell you how I know this to be true and why it's not tied to our circumstances. And this kind of goes into my presentation as well. So let me tell you about something I am proud of as a parent. My kids are really into audiobooks. And one of our favorites to listen to is a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. And in this, um, in this series of books, you read about three orphan children and how they face one catastrophe after the next. And they're very clever, funny books, despite being a pretty heavy topic. In our family, the Packer family, the last few months, we experienced our own series of unfortunate events. And here's a short short, I promise you, this is a short summary of some of our own many to great catastrophes that we faced. We faced a kitchen renovation that we began when I was 32 weeks pregnant, where whatever could go wrong went wrong. You guys, it has rivaled the movie, The Money Pit, and we still haven't finished. I'm almost there, but if I went through the list of everything that happened with this, it is, was so stressful, disheartening. We lost a lot of money with some, some decisions that we made with who we went with, who didn't turn out to um, perform well. I'm just trying to be really general there. Just, just know that um, it wasn't just a, oh, we spent more than we wanted to, which we did, but it was also we basically could have burned thousands and thousands of dollars of some choices that we had made. So some very stressful times there living in our really tiny home with nowhere to go and lots of people in our home and things not working, including sinks, dishwashers. Um, oh, we never had a dishwasher, sorry, washer and dryer. Um, 
that was the hardest one. And uh, running water, heat, um, electricity in and out, you know, things like that. Um, it was very stressful. So we also had weeks of false labor that did not feel false. If you've listened to my episode on my labor and delivery with Laura Dugovic, I talk about that. And that was super hard because I really was having labor for weeks um, in and out. Uh, the week leading up to our fourth child's birth, our sewer line backed up into our home, <laughs> all over our new wood floors too. Our only toilet broke and our only car had to go to the shop for days. We, I gave birth, um, not in the car. <laughs> that sounded, that was misleading. I gave birth at the hospital and we had, uh, we were using my father-in-law's car, which was so nice to him. So we brought our baby home in a car that wasn't ours into a house that was in shambles. And we didn't even have running water still at that point with an, with a newborn, a running sink rather. But luckily we could shower and all that. Um, but hardest of all, which you now know, our nine day old baby had to have emergency surgery on his intestines and then a subs- subsequent five-day stay in the PICU. And on top of all of that, we have a four-year-old who I literally tried to exercise demons from him. <laughs> it has been so hard in our family. Our kids have really, really struggled as have we. So yes, this was the Packer family series of unfortunate events, but minus the clever humor. And like I told you, it was in the middle of this that I got this invitation to speak on the topic men are, that they might have joy. When I heard this topic, I felt in my heart, I could acknowledge that the last few months have been full of joy. In fact, it was because of each of our seeming catastrophes that we, my husband and I, had real, true, bona fide joy not just happiness, you guys, the next level up, joy, deep in my soul and in my heart, joy. Here is a short summary of the things that brought us this incredible joy. Working heat and water, functioning toilets and sewage lines and cars, real labor and delivery brought me joy. Modern medicine, doctors and the nurses, incredible nurses, one-on-one time, with my baby in the hospital, even though he was tied to so many cords and, and, and had to be poked like 15 times to get any blood. It was so sad. They didn't even get any on the poor little baby. I had to hold him down for an hour and a half at one point, screaming baby, but having time with him in that environment still brought me joy. Poopy diapers, a whole pick you was elated over one poopy diaper from our baby, his first. Being home and being able to be present for the many tantrums and bad attitudes from our older kids still brought us joy to just be home. And the countless meals, the treats, the childcare that were given to us, I can't even tell you how much was given to us. And all without being asked for or even being properly thanked. I have a list of probably 20 people I still need to write thank you notes to. If I were to make a full list, one of the stresses and the heartaches and another of the joy, I can tell you honestly, the joy that we experienced would far outweigh all the stress and heartache. The perspectives, the lessons, the sweet moments the past few months gave us can be more properly labeled as a series of joyful events. 
So let's get back to that scripture. Men are that they might have joy. Now, men there means men and women. But in my religion, we believe that, that we were created and sent here on earth to learn joy. So how can this be? How can this be when we are in the middle of our own series of unfortunate events? Or how can this be when the world around us is full of chaos, wars, and starving children, fighting politicians, terrible natural disasters? How can this be when we fail every day as parents, spouses, employees, friends, neighbors, and disciples? How can the everyday stresses to extraordinary events we face be turned into a series of joyful events? For me, my answer to this came with some scriptures that I will share with you regardless of if you're religious. The first is, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. Um, If you are of the LDS faith, you might hear this a lot in Sunday school, or you might hear it outside too. It is only through our own series of unfortunate events that we truly learn this important lesson. The opposition we face in our lives will better teach us the joys more than ever anything else. And I talked about Adam and Eve in my presentation. If Adam and Eve had stayed in an opposition-free garden of of Eden when there was no, um, when there's no knowledge of good and evil, I'm certain they would have known happiness, but never joy. Joy came because of the opposition they faced outside of the garden and the growth they experienced by enduring it well. Joy came because of the opposition. The second um, scripture I want to share with you is weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. My friend Rachel Nelson shared this with me or or she shared it with all of us in her podcast, uh, the scripture, and it really stuck out to me. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. This is from Psalm 35. To me, the scripture perfectly describes the tides of joy and pain we experience in our lives. You might have a period of weeping, of sorrow, but joy will come. And actually, joy will come because of that weeping. Those two go hand in hand. So let's talk about how joy is different than happiness. Joy, in my mind, is hard-earned, and it is longer-lasting than happiness. It is more eternal in nature, and it is driven by perspective, we earn of what really truly matters in this life as we face our opposition. So it is taught by opposition. Finally, it is agency led. In other words, we have to choose joy at a deeper level than anything else. We have to choose to see and accept the lessons, the perspectives, and the blessings that come from our trials and our opposition. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We have to claim our joy. And we have to claim that in the midst of everything hard we may face, whether it's toddler tantrums, which I know are awful and so hard to deal with. You guys, I have real issues within our family. My kids are facing really hard things that way. So from everything hard we may face, from toddler to little kid issues to mental illness, we can claim joy. For those of you who might be thinking, oh, really? It's that simple, huh? I just claim it? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I have known the darkness of depression and anxiety. I have known real stress and worries and failures. I have known weeping through the night. I have known that well. I'm familiar with the darkness of doubt. And I talked about this more in my presentation, how for over a dozen years, I really struggled spiritually because I was reaching to God and to the heavens and the heavens have felt close to me. So for many years, this made me feel very despondent. It made me despondent that I wasn't getting answers or the heavens opened. It didn't feel like a two-way relationship and it made me despondent. For others, it made me angry. For other years, I felt just angry that I wasn't getting anything, although I was doing everything quote unquote right. And for other years, it made me apathetic. I was still doing the things I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't believe that the answers were going to come. So I just felt apathetic. I related to David when he prayed to God saying, quote, thou didst hide thy face and I was troubled. For over a dozen years, troubled is the way I could describe myself. But for me personally, I made the choice to hold on to my faith, to actively choose it, regardless of if answers ever came. I made a huge bet, the biggest bet on my life, to believe and to cherish my faith and to see the good in it. Making that choice, and I don't mean it's the right choice for you, this was the right choice for me, but making the choice to hold on to my faith made all the difference in my life. My answers did not come immediately or in the ways I wished for or at all, but using my agency to hold on to what I wanted, which was my faith, I wanted my faith, it changed everything. So my blessings, I know that joy can come through hard things because when I faced my series of unfortunate events the last few months during the incredible stresses and heartaches we face. I felt strong. That's joy, friends. That's what joy is. I felt grounded. I felt that I would be able to make it through. I felt sustained. I felt enabled. My opposition remained, but my faith did too. And that is why I felt so much joy. Now, friends, this doesn't mean, and I hope you don't take issue to this, whether or not you are religious or maybe you've changed your faiths or you've left your faith. I'm not saying that that's the ultimate answer for you. My, my urging to you, though, is to find what you want to hold on to and to let that sustain you and heal you and enable you through the hard times. Because to me, joy is led by perspective. 
I'm going to get into that more in a bit. Let's now talk more about how joy can be a, a choice. So joy is demands faith. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the spiritual kind, although it is that. Faith is doing a practice even though you can't see the outcome right away. It's it's keeping up the habits. It's walking the talk and without knowing if it's going to work, but believing that it will. That's joy. Joy is a practice that you have to have in your life. Like Brene Brown said, it is a spiritual practice. And the reason why I think she calls it spiritual is because it does go deep more than happiness. Happiness can be a circumstance. So listen, I, I do believe you will be happier if you got a million dollars. I do believe that. I do. But guess what? The thing about circumstances is that we get used to them, whether they're good or bad. So you will be happier if you get a million dollars, but I don't know for how long. I'm betting you'll get used to that million dollars awfully quick and that you won't be any happier in the end. You'll probably, that will just be your new normal. Same thing with lower things too. I mean, after a certain point, we just kind of got used to crap happening to us the past few months, like our new dishwasher, um, overflowed the first day we finally used it and ruined our brand new floors right in front of it. And we were like, oh yeah, okay. Just another thing. I wasn't any happier or sadder because of that, but joy Joy is bred by perspective. So let's dig into perspective. Perspective is knowing what really matters, what really, really matters in this life. So joy can be experienced because we hold on to what really matters, regardless of what is happening to us in our lives. So let's say you run into some huge success. You can still feel joy, a more spiritual level, on a more spiritual, deeper level than just happiness that will be more sustaining and longer lasting than happiness. So maybe you will get that million dollars, but a joyful person in that situation will continue to feel joy longer because they know what really matters. And it's not the money. They'll hold on to things that really matter. We have seen that. I used the example of celebrities with the happiness episode, how people who have achieved fame don't aren't any happier in the end. And a lot of times they're actually a lot. Um, they actually have devastating effects from their fame and success. And that's because they were hinging their happiness on their circumstance. Joy is outside of that. If they're joyful people, we see this too. Famous people who have achieved great wealth and prominence in their fields who were already joyful before that will continue to find joy in what they do and have joy regardless of their now wealthy circumstances. We can see joy in people who are extremely poor, who live in terrible conditions and still have so much joy in their lives. I'm sure many of you have seen people like that or people in your family have been abroad and lived with people and communities where there was a lot of, of, of lack, a lot of people lacking these um, ex, um, external things that we take for granted every day, like we did, the running water, the heat, the electricity, and yet they have so much joy. The only way that can be is because they have it at a deeper level and is at a practice in their lives and they are driven by perspective. They know what really matters. So perspective is an important part of the joyful practice. Another, another thing is being present. P 
people who experience joy in the day-to-day life, regardless of their circumstances, are is it's because they are also present. So they know it really matters in the long run, but they're also in the moment. Joy comes from everyday moments, not those big grandiose things. We can talk a lot about our happiest days of our lives. Maybe the days we were married or we had our children or we achieved something great in our career or we graduated from something or we achieved something that we long long had desired and worked for. But real joy comes from those small everyday moments. I want to read to you something about from this book, Daring Greatly. Brene says, Joy comes to us in moments, ordinary moments. We risk missing out on joy when we get too busy chasing down the extraordinary. So that's it, friends. Joy comes to us in those moments, the very small, ordinary moments. Brene had interviewed people who went through some terrible, terrible trials, who had a child die or someone um, in their family that... um, who had a child who had a child die or some big big trials and let's just share some of the things that they say so here are some of the ordinary moments some of the people described if i could come downstairs and see my husband sitting at the table and cursing at the newspaper that's what someone wished they could they could have again if i could hear my son giggling in the backyard my mom sent me the craziest text she never knew how to work her phone i'd give anything to get one of those texts right now Aren't those just the most ordinary things? People who have joy are present enough to embrace those moments. So if you are trying to work on your joy, first work on the long perspective, knowing what really matters in your life and focusing on that and holding that at the root of who you are, close to your heart, deep in your soul, knowing what really matters, and then having the courage to be present Friends, you are not going to find joy in your smartphones. We turn to those devices so much. Brene talks about how we can numb ourselves, and I see that every minute of every day. I feel it. I feel that draw to numb myself instead of really sitting still and embracing the joy that is in the ordinary moments of my life. Now, I did that today um, outside this afternoon. It's been a really hard day for me. We all have that. My life was looking lots of my life was looking up from where it was two months ago and yet I feel like it was harder today than it was even two months ago and and nothing changed so guys same thing like I was talking about circumstances has nothing to do with the happiness or joy it really doesn't so today I was struggling this afternoon I I wrote a post about this creativity challenge and then I sat on the porch and fed my baby and watch my boys go up and down the driveway in their scooters. And instead of reaching for my device to fill the void, to give me something to do, to entertain me, to try to make me feel happy, I decided to sit and just be present. And I felt that moment take on a different color. That's my challenge to you. I've talked about technology a lot here. You, you must really work on not turning to your phone or your, or your computer or whatever it is that is numbing you. Instead, embracing the ordinary moments. On this topic, Brene shares the story of a man who lost his wife. So let's, let's see what she said. She interviewed this man and he said, 
I used to think the best way to go through life was to expect the worst. That way, if it happened, you were prepared. And if it didn't happen, you were pleasantly surprised. Then I was in a car, then I was in a car accident and my wife was killed. Needless to say, expecting the worst didn't prepare me at all. And worse, I still grieve for all those wonderful moments we shared and that I didn't fully enjoy. My commitment to her is to fully enjoy every moment now. I just wish she was here now that I know how to do that. So those ordinary moments matter. Now let's talk about the energy source of joy. It is gratitude. As Brene also said, joy is a spiritual way of engaging with the world that's that's connected to practicing gratitude. Practicing gratitude. Now, I used to be an easy optimist. I believed the best would happen. I believed the best in people. I looked for the good. I saw the good. That was the word that was put under my picture in ninth grade in the yearbook. Um, Ninth grade was the last year of junior high where I lived, and that's some kind of special thing they did, and it was put under my, my face, optimist. Whoa, I don't know who that girl is anymore. Life does that to us. Life and disappointments, the challenges we face, the world, the trials that we go through can change us. And for me, that kind of altered how I looked at the world. And I can very much say, and I am sad about this, that it is hard for me to now see the good, expect the good. And I have totally learned that that is a practice that I can change. I've been engaging in a negative practice without realizing it. And out of trying to protect myself or out of shielding myself or my family, I have expected the worst. I've expected bad things to happen to us. Um, or I worry, you know, in terms of worrying about it and allowing the worries and anxieties about what could happen be in my head or um, to def- to defend my family and protect my children. I am constantly thinking of what bad things could happen to them instead of um, looking for the good that could happen to them. So I am trying to focus more on gratitude as a real practice. I recently listened to Oprah's Super Soul podcast with Janine Roth on conscious eating, but she actually ended up talking to Janine a lot about how she had lost all her wealth with Bernie Madoff financial scandal. And it was so interesting to hear what, what this woman Janine had to say about it. She lost her entire fortune in the Bernie Madoff scandal that went down. She lost everything. And of course she was devastated, but she said in that moment, she turned it around. She decided to practice gratitude. And this was something that she had already been practicing for years by doing a journal every night, like Oprah had advised people to do. But because she'd already been practicing that, she decided to go even deeper and to choose what she had to be grateful in that very, very moment. And for her, that meant she had a husband she loved. She had friends. She had food. She had shelter. She went so basic into what gratitude she could have for the things in her life. And she said, focusing on that every day, all day, not just at night when she went to sleep for her three things of gratitude like she did for years and now going deeper and doing it minute by minute, 
after a few weeks after the whole thing went down, after she lost her entire entire fortune fortune to this man, she had never been happier. In her entire life, she had never been happier after she lost everything she had because of this gratitude practice that she'd experienced. And Oprah talked about how she was starting to do that too, do it more often throughout her day. And that, that led to so much more joy. So you can't experience joy without gratitude. It's impossible. Gratitude is the power for joy. It runs deeper and at a soul level, this gratitude practice. And it's accepting what we have been given as enough. That what we have is enough. That our families are enough. Our, our jobs are enough. Our homes, our clothes, everything is enough. And being grateful for them. Now, friends, I have a lot to work to do on this. I have another episode devoted on this topic too. Just that enough thing. So we'll be talking more about that Um, Just know, I am totally not perfect in this regard at all, but I am going to challenge myself and challenge you. On top of trying to be creative, I'm also going to try to be more grateful, to have a real practice. That means a ritual, routines, things I put in place, and I want you to too. So I, I want us together to think about what we can do to create a practice of gratitude, something that we do every single day and at maybe certain points of our day or an attitude that we carry. But I think it has to really come down to actions we take at first until it is a real um, pathway in our brain. So I have I have a list of ideas that I thought about. You know, you can do the classic, think of three things you're grateful for at night. But here's some more twists. Uh, you can share as a family something that you were grateful for that day at dinner, or you can do it in the morning or at lunch, you know, some kind of routine day that you share. Um, Whether or not you have a family, you can text with a friend. Okay, just give yourself accountability. You can just say to a friend, hey, every single day before we go to bed, let's text each other one thing we're grateful for that day. You can have um, rituals of some sort with that, someone that you are accountable to, whether that's friends or family. Um, Brene Brown talked about her daughter forming a quote-unquote picture memory. When something good happens to you, you take a picture memory. You close your eyes and you think about that moment and you try to memorize it. What exactly was happening in that moment so that when you are struggling, you can pull up your picture memories and rifle through through them and, and gain some joy and perspective you need. So take some picture memories of those ordinary moments. You can have some pillow talk with a spouse about your day, about the good things that happen, not just the bad, the good, the good, the good. I too often just share all the hard things that happen that day, and I want to talk more about the good. You can form a spirit, uh, a gratitude practice on social media. Okay, so maybe you can say, I'm, I'm going to do a challenge to myself. I'm going to share one thing I'm grateful for each day. It doesn't have to be annoying, just do it simply. You can do it more quietly, though. You can journal about it. So regardless of what practice you're going to do, the more often you do it, the better. Like happiness, joy isn't permanent either. You have to work on it. You have to cultivate it. The good news is that it is deeper so that when we do have this practice of finding joy through gratitude, through being present and through having perspective of what really matters, 
when we have those three things in place, it's going to be there when the tides are high and our trials are big. That joy will be there because friends, it was there for me. I'm telling you again, I have never felt stronger the past dozen years than I did going through all that we did the last few months. I felt that strength be there. And I think in many ways, it's because I knew what was important. I had that perspective. I was staying present and I was doing my best to stay grateful. And I was, I was so grateful. There was so much to be grateful for. So much to be grateful for. And I know you can find that too. And again, I've been through it, friends. I've been through those dark nights. I've been through those dark years, years and years. I know it. But even through what we face, remember that the opposition you have is what is going to teach you joy. And that joy can be cultivated. It can be practiced. And it's practiced by gratitude, as we mentioned, being present and holding on to the perspective of what really matters. So friends, I'm going to try to hold you accountable. Get on my Facebook page. We're going to start talking about ways we are cultivating a practice of gratitude in our lives and the effects of it. For me, I think what I will be doing is I need to start journaling again. I was doing a great job of that until after the baby came and all that came with him and I was trying to write down what happened and I got halfway through the story and there's something in my head that I always do. Like I can't continue to report about each day if I haven't finished writing about the saga that was his surgery and all the recovery and everything. But guess what? I I just need to. I just need to start. I'm going to flip a few pages ahead of where I left off and go back in to fill that in when I can. I'm going to start now and I'm only going to write one thing I'm grateful for at night. But as I'm trying to sleep, when I'm my body and my mind suddenly wake up because I'm a night owl and I need, I've struggled to sleep, I'm going to just think about my picture memories of the day. And I'm going to think about what I'm grateful for and focus on those. And that's kind of going to be my meditative practice at night as I turn off the light next to my bed and go to sleep. Now, I hope that you can gain your own series of joyful events, friends. I hope you can see the joy that is in your trials and in your oppositions. I hope you can see the joy in the everyday, ordinary moments of your lives. I hope you can see the joy in the perspective of what you know really matters in your life, whether this is a spiritual thing that you know, or a belief that you have, or a family you hold on to, or things to look forward to. That perspective is important. And again, the gratitude. So let's take part in this together and I can't wait to see where it takes us. Before I share a preview of next week's episode, I want to give a well-deserved shout out to my friend Brianna Johnson of the Life Beats Project. She is wonderful. You have to know her. If you don't, she is a wonderful podcaster. She has had a break between her seasons one and two. Season two is starting May 1st. Now, Brianna has been through so, so much. She deserves so much goodness right now. And this is from the bottom of my heart. I love her podcast. Genuinely, I've listened to every single episode. Make sure you go listen to her launch season two on May 1st and give her all the love this woman deserves. Next week, I have an interview with Andy Vinker to share with you. My goodness, this woman has cultivated a practice of joy in her own life. She's been through quite a bit and she shares about that and how she learned to still work on her joy and her happiness. 
I'm so looking forward to sharing that with you. So tune in next Wednesday for that interview. And until then, take care of yourself. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.